You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Browse Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopers and SB Nation. As is often the case when our spirits are buoyed by a Timberwolves win, I'd like to point anybody and everybody who is listening in the direction of my Timberwolves newsletter, House and Browse. If you haven't checked it out yet, you can head over there now. Have a look at the player ratings from this game against Indiana. You'll get a nice dosage of analysis and not-so-seriousness, as well as some in-depth stuff that's over on the website as well, like the straight sets piece that went up last week, which details the plays designed by Chris Finch for Anthony Edwards, complete with detailed video analysis as well. So if that at all interests you, then head over to housandrowse.substack.com or just click the link link in the show notes of this episode. But yes, the Wolves are back in the winning column as they continue to be this weird topsy-turvy team who has weird topsy-turvy games. This time they win at home over the Indiana Pacers 121-115, a game that included... A big lead, a blown lead, a hole to climb out of, and a bunch of crisp late-game execution to officially climb out of that hole and grab a win. Man, this team is a walking, basketball-playing heart attack. They're both extremely fun and extremely frustrating, often oscillating between those two feelings at a moment's notice or five to ten times within any single game. But this game, they did get away with a win. And it all looks the same in the standings. A win is a win, right? So it's almost easy to forget that the often romanticized version of last season's Timberwolves was very similar in their ability to make us sweat and to sprout more grey hairs than I need on my head right now. So there really are a lot of avenues we can go down with our conversation for this game. I mean, Rudy Gobert was monstrous and sealed the win a few times at the end of the game. D'Angelo Russell, we could probably put him in that same boat with his 15-point fourth quarter. But there really isn't a weirder or more wonderful statistical anomaly than Anthony Edwards's current ball hawking and free throw getting. And that's why this episode's numbers are 6 and 10. As in the 6 steals and the 10 free throw attempts Ant was officially credited for in this game. It was 7 steals at one point. Throughout the whole game, the box score said 7 steals, but at some point, the, score cap- the scorekeepers did take one off him. 
So we'll stick to the majorly impressive six, which, you know, still, like I said, a crazy number to get. And we'll dive a little bit deep into those two numbers after a break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So let's start with those steel numbers. The six, again, was impressive. So were the six in the OKC game before this one. And so were the five in the win against Memphis the game before that. I'm no statistician, but 17 steals in three games is something absurdly special. Now, steals aren't always the best indicator of defensive success. In fact, I really do think they're often smoke and mirrors compared to the real minutiae of defensive competence. But there is something there with Anthony Edwards, something a little bit different to you know the days where James Harden was leading the league in, in steals or... Steph Curry before he kind of took another step defensively in the last few years when he was a real steel getter. There's something there with Ann in the fact that when he is usually getting his hands on the ball, it's a good sign that he's really on his game defensively. And we know when Anthony Edwards is on his game, on defense at least, then it makes this team a lot better. I just went back and watched all 17 of those steals that he's racked up over the past three games. And by my eye, which obviously isn't perfect, but by the eye test that I'm doling out here, I would classify 13 of those 17 as really great defensive plays. There are a couple of balls that spilled his way or errant passes that he was just in the right position to take away. But the majority of these steals that he's got over these past three games have come by digging hard at the ball in on-ball defense and doing it smartly as well, not just gambling wildly and there's also been a lot of crisp defensive rotations and then winning the ensuing gamble I mean when it's a passing lane steal or a steal where you're kind of moving in front of someone just before they get the ball it's always a little bit of a gamble because if you do miss out on those plays then your opponent has a free lane or has a step on you or is all of a sudden attacking four on five defensively but I think all of the ones that he has attempted in the last three games have been really smart, really calculated, and really seem to be working out almost 100% of the time. And that's the difference in this latest defensive boomlet than what we've seen in the past. Last season, Edwards was more like James Harden. He got a lot of steals. I mean, not this many, but still a lot. But they would mostly come when kind of picking off cross-court passes on the weak side, once the rest of the defenders had done all the work and suffocated the ball handler and forced the errant pass. This time around, he's he's the one doing the suffocation. He's kind of cutting out the middleman and making those plays himself. 
it doesn't mean he's perfect defensively. Certainly not. He still gets lost off ball far too often. But the improvements, I think, right now are palpable. And those live ball turnovers that he's forcing, often again on the ball, instead of being just a beneficiary of other people's great defense, those live ball turnovers are leading to buckets on the other end. In fact, when Ant is on the floor, the Wolves get points off steals 5.1% more often compared to when he is off the floor. That's a number that ranks in the 73rd percentile lead wide and is surely skyrocketing of late. I can't get those numbers to be trimmed down to a three-game sample size, but I do imagine that that is right up, you know, maybe 7.5 or 10% recently because he's forcing those steals, but that leads to buckets on the other end for him, for his teammates, and Lord knows that the Timberwolves need as many easy buckets as they can get as a team who is not a good three-point shooting team and turns the ball over a lot when they have the ball. So when you think about it, transition buckets are undoubtedly one of the most efficient and effective forms of offense. But another uber-efficient area of scoring is at the free throw line. And that's another place where Ant has taken a massive, massive step up since Carlton Towns' recent injury. Now, I touched on this a few games ago briefly, but it's worth repeating and diving into a little deeper here because it, it really might be the most important development of his young career so far. And we're not at the stage where we can call it a surefire development rather than a small sample size trend. But right now, he has attempted 10 free throws in this game, six against OKC and seven against Memphis, which is above his career averages, but still not as high as you'd want. But he had 11 free throw attempts in each of the two games before that. Uh, I think it was against Golden State and Washington. Uh, And before that first game with 11, which would have been the Golden State game, he hadn't had a single game over 10 this season. And he's only had eight games before this stretch over his whole career with more than 10 free throws in a game. Right now, he has three in his last five games. It's, it's, it's just easy points. And the best players in the league get easy points. If you look around the league at free throw attempts and free throw rates, only the best of the best lead the way. And you don't get to be anywhere near that echelon unless you can consistently draw fouls and live at the line. Right now, the top five in free throw attempts per game is Giannis, Embiid, Doncic, Gildas Alexander, and Ja Morant. Excluding Morant, those are the only four players averaging over 10 free throws per game. It's very, very impressive company, and it's very, very important to be a free thrower, to be a guy who lives at the line, to be a guy who can get 10 easy points per game, or seven easy points, or eight easy points per game without having to exert energy or make shots or make tough three-point looks or step backs. If you can just get to the line, get those easy points, all of a sudden you get Anthony Edwards averaging 22 a game to Anthony Anthony Edwards averaging 28 a game. Now, Edwards probably still doesn't have the respect from from the referees or the foul drawing craft to be getting up over 10 a night consistently. But there has been a clear uptick in both of those areas and his willingness to spend possession after possession after possession attacking the rim is really something very, very encouraging for this team right now and for him as a future prospect still. 
it's been a long, long time by my memory since Edward spent a game on the fringes of the night where you don't really see him too often or a night where he just was jacking up three-point shots instead of attacking the rim. Right now, it seems like that has kind of clicked for him. He can beat virtually anybody off the dribble, but now he's doing it over and over again. And finally, that whistle is starting to favor him and starting to give him those easy points that I mentioned earlier. With Minnesota's lack of shooting, he might need, he might even need to mix a few more threes back into his shot diet at some point. But if I have to choose between the two modes of Anthony Edwards, the jack-up jumpers mode or the rim-hungry version, I'm choosing that rim-hungry version every single time. His next chance to show this stealing prowess and his free-throw rate and all the good things we've been discussing on this show is against the Blazers on Friday night. I'll be here to discuss it. I hope you will be too.